Welcome to Membership Voice. I'm Kero O'Shea, the coordinator of The Voice and host for this evening's webinar. Tonight we have Why LGBTQ Plus Inclusion is Vital for Rotary, presented by Grant Godino. Grant's got a pretty impressive resume. Charter President of Gateway Rotaract, a member of the Rotary Club of Strathmore, President-elect of the LGBT Rotarians and Friends Fellowship, and Grant identifies as, as gay, cisgender, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Grant, a male and lives with his partner, Lee, also a Rotarian in the inner northern suburbs of Melbourne. In the non-Rotary world, Grant's a Senior Advisor for Employee Wellbeing and Diversity and Inclusion at the Victorian Department of Education and Training and leads the whole of Victoria Government Pride Network, an amazing responsibility. Grant's passionate about diversity and inclusion, leadership and loves running and has been a member, part of the Rotary family for over 10 years. I am delighted at this stage to hand over to Grant Godino. Over to you, please, Grant. Um, thank you very much for, for having me tonight. And, and before I start, I, I just think it's important. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on, on which we are all um, listening to and and um, and meeting on tonight. For me, it is the people of the Wurundjeri, the, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Um, I pay my respects to elders, both past, present and emerging. And I also invite you to pay respects to the elders in the lands in which you are meeting from. For us in Australia, it is varied and many. And also acknowledge too that there are many traditional custodians of the land all across the world. And, and we know that colonial history is sometimes not being kind to those people. Um, but another thing that I'll add too is that, that I also acknowledge my elders, the elders of the LGBT plus community. Um, without them and without their activism, the recognition and acceptance for LGBT plus people and community experiences that we have today would not be a reality. We wouldn't be having this, this um, conversation. Um, so as as already been mentioned, I'm Grant. I'm the president elect of the of the LGBT plus Rotarians and Friends Fellowship. The plus stands for lots of things. The the friends means that everybody is welcome. So um, we'll, we'll chat a bit more about what the fellowship is later on. But um, should I just go through my my slides to begin with, and we'll have a chat later? Is that the plan tonight? Please do. Please, Please do. do. Great. Um, so um, I'm going to do a little bit of an LGBT plus um, 101 awareness um, session for you tonight. Um, I am going to push uh, share here and play there. Now, when I hit play, it disappears. Now, I'm hoping that you can see the slides and not my notes. Yes. Good, fantastic. Um, so, little bit to um, begin with. What are the what are all the letters? What are all the stats? So, um, LGBTIQ plus. There's sometimes letters added and removed from that acronym. It's a range of communities that includes lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, and and also queer and questioning people. Sometimes you see an A on there that can stand for asexual. There's many things, but um, many different communities that share a common um, a common connection through um, diversity, inclusion, especially. Um, the odd one out there is, is often intersex. Um, that one's a little different. It thinks about um, the way that a person was born. It's the only one of the alphabet that, that speaks to biology rather than necessarily brain or, or um, or those sort of things. So um, we know that in Australia, um, 
and this is some um, interesting figures that have been um, developed from a range of surveys, but they think that there's probably 10% of people in Australia that fit into one of these groups, not necessarily out or loud or or even proud, but, but 10% nonetheless. 5% of people at some stage in their lives um, consider themselves trans or, or gender diverse. They're not, not sure about where their gender sits. And about 2% of people are born with an intersex variation. Bit of um, audience participation, if I may. Why should we care about LGBT plus inclusion in Rotary? Any anyone want to unmute themselves and and throw out some ideas? Because they're part of our community. Yeah. Absolutely, part of our community. And we want to reflect our community. Yeah, and I think that's probably the most important part of all of this. Um, do we reflect the communities that we serve? Um, and and I wrote an article um, for the Rotary blog a little while ago, and 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 so many people in so many places will say to me, "Well, we represent the communities we serve." Um, there's there's no gays in my community. I guarantee you, there's gays in your village. Um, they are there. They are everywhere. Um, but more importantly, we need to reflect our communities in all types of in inclusion. Um, we need to make sure that people feel welcome in our clubs. We need to make sure that we can show young people that we care about social issues. Um, and it, of course, it also brings a diverse and new membership into our clubs, people that, that maybe aren't there already. Um, one of the um, key sort of social issues that exist for for people in the in the communities in the rainbow communities is is the impact of of homophobia, transphobia, and all those other types of phobia on on mental health. Mental health is a huge issue. So we know that um, there's a six times higher rate of attempted suicide in in young people that identify as part of the rainbow community compared to their um, heterosexual or straight period peers. We know that the average age of a suicide attempt is actually 16 years old for someone in the LGBT plus community. And um, a staggering figure is that 50% of trans people have actually attempted suicide at least once in their lives. That, that's half of the trans community, which is a pretty scary fact. And, and I know that lots of, um, lots of Rotary clubs out there are doing work on mental health. So you're probably already helping LGBT plus communities, um, but big impact. And then equally um, of an issue in the community is um, youth homelessness. Youth homelessness is a, is a really huge issue. Um, the numbers of people of LGBT youth that are homeless um, are around about 40% of those that are homeless are LGBT youth. And LGBT young people comprise only about 10% of the population, which is a scary fact. And we know that a lot of times people hide themselves or, or self-edit in an attempt to um, remain um, unknown or, or sort of included or, or to, to hide themselves from, from communities quite often. Um, and I want to do a little bit of an activity with a couple of people and I'm just trying to work out how to bring faces back, but I don't think I can do that when I'm sharing. Um, but would like to, I'll pick two volunteers in a second. And, and what I want you to do is pretend that you, one of you is a new member of, um, of your Rotary Club and someone else is an existing member and you have to introduce yourselves to each other, talk about family, talk about life, except you can't reveal your sexual orientation. You can't reveal the gender of any person that you're talking about and you also can't lie. 
um, just to practice the self-edit and we will see how long we can go without without doing one of those things and I'll pick up whether or not um, whether or not someone in that um, presentation has um, has picked out a gender along the way somewhere. So I'm going to see if I can pause that and exit out of here, which means I can see people again. Does anybody want to volunteer for me? I'll have a go if you like. You'll have a go. One more. Thank you, Adrian. That's great. Thank you for raising your hand there. Um, who wants to be the um, the new member? I'll be, I'll be the new member. I don't mind. Great, which makes Adrian the, the new Rotarian, welcoming the new member. Do you want to get us started, Adrian? Uh, yes. Um, so welcome, Caro. Welcome to our Rotary Club. It's great to have you along. It's it's nice to be here. I've heard a lot of good things about Rotary. Yeah, we have lots of projects in the uh, local community and also some great overseas ones. Yes, yes. Tell us about yourself. Well... I've, I've lived in the area for, for 20 years. Um, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in business here. We've been, we've been, the, the family has been doing has been doing pretty well. I've got uh, a number of relatives uh, uh, in the neighbourhood. Play play sport here, and I know that there are people like with with this uh, with this pandemic thing. I know there've been people who hasn't been uh, uh, haven't been going so well. Businesses suffering and all that sort of stuff. So. I really got involved to, as they say, to give back to help less fortunate people. Very good, very good. How, how have you and your partner been um, surviving during these difficult times? Uh, it's, it's not. It's not been easy. It's not been easy. We had we had a death in the family overseas, and that that meant that my partner had to uh, had, had to leave Australia, which is not an, not an easy thing to do. Um, during the period of the, of the pandemic, for obvious reasons, um, in fact, knocked back the first time. Knocked back the first time. Had to get some assistance from the from the local member, who happens to be the the prime minister's offsider. So it was things happened pretty quickly after that. But you know, with flights being cancelled on the way back, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues there. A lot of a lot of fragility, and I'm seeing that elsewhere in the community too. And Caro, what are you hoping to achieve by joining our wonderful Rotary Club? Well, I, I just, I, I think that it's going to be good for me because I'll, I'll get to meet more, more, more business folk around the place. Um, it's going to be good for my, for my partner. It's going to be good, I think, for uh, uh, one of our, uh, uh, one of one of our young relatives who uh, has a pretty significant disability and doesn't do much socially because I want to get, I want to get him involved in uh, in what we do so yeah it's really about i suppose building networks and that sort of stuff adrian, adrian. all right good work to you both there hey how did you find that kiro was it was i noticed a lot of relative and partner popping in yeah. there was it was it easy yeah yeah once once i've once reminded myself of it um i confess that um i would perhaps have used less inclusive terms uh, and in general day-to-day -day stuff, I don't claim that I don't claim anywhere near perfection uh, mm. in inclusive language yet. And I I worry a bit about people who think they do because it's something that's evolving so rapidly. Absolutely. And really, it's inclusive language is something where it's very very easy. And I 
cite the case of the, the acknowledgement of country as one which is very, very easy to sound, whilst, whilst the symbolism is huge, it's very, very easy to sound kind of wooden and rope-like uh, when you do that. And so I love hearing it when people when people personalise personalise that a bit because otherwise it sort of sounds like okay the third thing I have to say is this and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, and it's so important. And, and Adrian, I'm I'm curious. Did you did you feel that you didn't quite get all the information you were hoping you'd get through that conversation, or, or a good en- enough understanding? No, I, no, I felt like I got everything out of it that I wanted to get out. A lot of the questions, a lot of the a lot of the answers that we get when we do that activity sometimes is is short answers. Um, so so well done to you to, to, for taking on the challenge there. But it's often short answers, a lot of pauses, um, and a lot of thinking. And and it's they say that it takes about thirty percent of someone's energy to um, be constantly self editing. So um, really interesting to to think about and and consider as well. Um, now I'm going to push that button there and then that button there, which will bring my screen back. That was a very and useful exercise. I'm, I'm glad. I'm just wondering, Terry, do we get a prize or something? Like- um, yes, the satisfaction of having participated in a webinar, that, that's your prize. Okay. <laughs> and, you, and you get your first year's membership of the fellowship for nothing. Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we go. <laughs> um, a quick video to wrap that one up, though. said there I'm sorry but um it, the the power of that video always stands out to me we we carry our sexuality with us wherever we go and and that self-edit can sometimes be um really powerful for people um and an important thing to consider as we as we go about our lives and, and just making people feel welcome where we get into the the tougher stuff now. So thinking about what LGBTIQ inclusion means um it's 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 about behavior 
and and not about changing people's beliefs. People are, are entitled to beliefs in in religion and other things. So it's about thinking about the behaviour and the way that we welcome people. Um, it's about promoting awareness and not changing personal values. It's around being inclusive to everyone, not um, being exclusive. It's about demonstrating our organisation's values of inclusion across all groups. And it's definitely not about valuing one diverse group over another. We might be focusing on LGBT plus inclusion today because that's my knowledge area or my passion point, but it's certainly um, not just about that. It's about showing that everyone's included. It's about creating a safe environment and not tolerating behaviours that are damaging to people. And it's about creating an inclusive culture for all LGBT plus people, regardless of whether or not they're out. Certainly not about forcing people to come out. And and Kira and I had an, an interesting discussion before um, I started today. And, and um, he said to me, oh, what do you think the participation of LGBTQ plus people in, in leadership in Rotary is like? And I said to him, I'm willing to bet that we've already had somebody that's LGBT plus as a, as a RI president or an RI leader. We just wouldn't know. And that's okay. They don't have to come out. They don't have to tell us, but they're there. Some common things that I hear quite often, um, we don't have a problem here. I've had no complaints. We're an inclusive club. Um, sexual orientation is not a public issue. I can tell you that we take our or sexual orientation everywhere we go. Straight is also a sexual orientation. We don't get any complaints. We don't have enough LGBT plus people in our community. Um, we shouldn't be raising one group above all others and it's political correctness gone mad and, and people asking, is it is it really necessary? Um, so we need to make sure that we we call out these behaviors and these things. It's it's not a, it's not okay to assume that that we don't have a problem. Assuming that we don't have a problem is actually part of the problem. We need to make sure we're having conversations and and being really inclusive for the future of our organization. I want to spend a bit of time debunking some of the, the, the terms that exist. And um, I like to call this um, section the heteronormative binary and watch the arrow start flying across the screen for this bit. So LGBT plus communities um, have a part of or, or being part of those communities um, touches on all these different things. So biology, brain, culture and, and sexual orientation. So... You can see in the pink there, we would expect um, somebody that is whose who's biology was born a female, would um, identify as a woman, would express themselves in a feminine way and would be attracted to men. And then on the flip side, you would assume that someone born male would identify as a man, um, would express in a masculine way and be sexually attracted to women. Um, I can tell you that's certainly not the case. There is um, a range of, of ways that, that, um, that it's a spectrum. Lots of people identify and present in different ways across each of these different things. So intersex people fit into that biology part. Um, we're talking about genitals, anatomy, the physical body, someone's DNA. People aren't necessarily born with only an X and Y chromosome. Some people have two Xs and a Y and, and many different other variations, which means their biology isn't quite the same. We know that different people um, have their brain telling them different things. Just because you were born a male or a female doesn't necessarily mean that your brain will tell you that that's the way you are. And then, of course, transgender people. 
you don't necessarily have to change your biology to be a transgender person. An intersex person isn't necessarily transgender. Um, but we know that about two and a half percent of kids will um, question their gender identity along the way. And as I keep saying, that's okay. And we know that there's a range of different things that fit into that gender identity bucket. Someone could be non-binary or gender queer or gender fluid or bi-gender. It can fit anywhere in the middle of that sort of, of that grouping there. Then comes um, gender expression, which is more of a cultural thing. How do you present? Do you dress and look masculine or feminine? Or do you fit somewhere in the middle where you're a bit more androgynous? And then, of course, the one that's probably most known and most accepted is, is sexuality. Is somebody attracted to men or women? Are they gay? Are they lesbian? Are they bisexual, pansexual, asexual, where they're not attracted to anybody at all? Um, so many different things in, in all of these groups and many different ways that they can cross over. Is, is a um, transgender woman a lesbian if she has a female partner? All these things. But at the end of the day, it's complex, but it doesn't matter. Everybody fits into this um, heteronormative binary or lack of heteronormative binary in their own ways. And, and that's completely okay. The key is that we don't have to judge people. It's okay not to know what all of these things mean and how it all works. But hopefully by having a conversation about it today, um, we understand a little bit more. If we think of, for me, I am a male, a cisgender male. I was born a male. Um, I um, identify as a male. I like to think I present masculine. <laughs> I think I do most of the time, um, but I'm attracted to men. So my my little thing thing pops up here where it where it wouldn't normally. But many different people identify in different ways in that spectrum. And one really important part around that is 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 pronouns. Um, what I would normally do and realize that I forgot to do today, um, but did in my bio, is is um, let people know my pronouns. My pronouns are he and him. It's a word that refers to either the um, the person talking to you or that's being talked about. So she, it, them, this, how. No, not how, this, them. Um, pronouns um, like he and she are the, are the norm, but some people use gender neutral or, or other pronouns as well. So they or them or Z or here, H-I-R. Um, many different things that people um, will um, use as pronouns. I have a good friend that uses they, them pronouns. Um, and it's always really important to respect a person's pronouns. You don't always know what their pronouns are by looking at them. Um, and asking politely what someone's pronouns are is, is actually a good way of respecting someone's gender identity. Um, if I was to ask a cisgendered, someone that was born and, and remains in the, in the gender that they were born with, um, they might look at me a bit funny and wonder why I'm asking it, but it's better than me misgendering someone, assuming that someone is is male because they look male. Um, so that's why um, inclusive language is really important. Um, it's better to use they and them in singular pronouns when you're referring to people that you don't know well or or in an article. He slash him, oh, sorry, he slash her or she slash him is some, not something we really need to put down because they fits really well when we when we don't know someone or when we don't want to gender uh, a role or a, or a person. 
And everybody that's listening today, I would say, is an is an ally of the LGBT plus community. Allies are people that are advocates for inclusion, a supporter, a friend, a person who wants to see change and is prepared to bring it about. Um, and it's really easy to be an ally. You just need to make some time to talk to members of the LGBT plus community about their experiences. And I thank you all for, for being here and listening today because it, you've already done that bit. Um, be yourself and ask yourself how you would like to be treated in your club and in the community. Um, be visible, make clear and public statements about the importance of equality in, in your club and, and think about using that Rainbow Heart logo that the fellowship um, makes available to everyone. Call out negative behaviours and words that aren't inclusive, put words into practice and attend LGBT plus inclusion events and bring your club members. The fellowship runs them all the time. And of course, think about joining the fellowship. Everybody's welcome to join that plus and the word friends in our name means that everybody is welcome. So some good tips on 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 what makes an an effective ally there. And I think the things that I that I want to point out there is um is um awareness of your own language and assumptions. So be aware of the biases and the language that you use. Um, a willingness to ask questions. Um, the ability to role model and use um, again, as I said, that inclusive language. Um, and, and most importantly, calling out inappropriate behaviours. Got another quick video that is a good example of calling out inappropriate behaviours. Oh, gay. Actually, Nigel, that's not gay at all. It's deeply disappointing, but it's not gay. Hey? Look, bro, unless that pie is a man who loves another man, then it's not gay. Or a woman who loves another woman. Thank you, Mother. Steve's gay. Steve's not gay. Steve, you're not gay, are you? Quite gay. That one always gives me a good laugh. Um, such a damaging word, that's so gay, can, can hurt people without you realising when it's certainly not your intent. And it's really easy just to use a different word. And, and that's what we're talking about, about calling out that inappropriate behaviour, calling out some of those those jokes that might happen during your fine session that are, are just a little bit risque and a little bit um, inappropriate to a person of another gender or to a, a, a person in the rainbow community. So um, really um, important and, and um, valuable way of of showing your club's commitment to inclusion. All right, I wanna do that thing where I let people talk again. Um, I wanna know from, from hearing what I've said so far, what does LGBTI plus um, inclusion look like for your club? Does anybody get any ideas or any um, suggestions of things that they might do in their club to be a little bit more inclusive to LGBT plus communities? Um, in my club, um, we have many members that are LGQ, uh, those letters. Um, <laughs> members of the rainbow community. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, we've had a past president who, um, before she was president, she had, she had a, a male partner and then, um, during her presidency, she took on a female partner and that was very, that was very well accepted. And, um, I, I, I think we've probably got half a dozen who are who are quite open about it um my own daughter has a female partner and um she's uh she's open about it so 
Why do you think people are comfortable to be open in that way in your club, Adrian? Yeah, I think everyone in our club is open about it. Yeah. We don't have any problems and it, it doesn't it doesn't ever really become an issue. That's great. That's great. Anyone else? What does what does inclusion look like in your club or what could a club do to be more inclusive? I'd like to I'd like to offer some thoughts on that. Yeah, great. I don't really believe that my own club is particularly inclusive in terms of the LGBT. Um, and, I, and I think that's large, well, not that's that's not branding everyone as being uh, um, as, as behaving inappropriately. But it's 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 a it's a conservative organize it's a largely conservative organisation. It's uh, an old it has uh, an older older age group typically mm. with, with a few younger members, mm. and it's one of those things where just to look at it. I think you would assume that it's not a particularly inclusive organisation. The most important thing is that it hasn't done anything to demonstrate that it is that it is positive about inclusion. And I think if you leave yourself in that situation, the assumption is going to be that you're organised that you're not an inclusive organisation. Absolutely, and I think that's the start. It's having the conversations and 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 thinking about what um, inclusion means, using the rainbow heart, and doing little things. Um, and um, I'll just show this again, and and some tips from from an article that I wrote for the Rotary blog recently. Um, start having conversations. Um, having me come and present at your club is is certainly an option for you, so that you can um, start the conversation. And, and there's many other members of the fellowship that are willing to do that as well. Um, asking local LGBTQ charities to speak at your club. There's lots of them out there doing wonderful and amazing things. Um, Thorn Harbour Health is, is a big one in Australia that's looking after people with um, HIV and AIDS. Um, minus 18 in Australia is another one that, that looks after LGBT plus youth. So many out there. There's plenty of resources on the fellowship's website. Our education page has some great resources, including these slides. Um, support projects that address key issues for rainbow communities. Um, homelessness is a major issue. HIV, AIDS, mental health, um, school inclusion programs to reduce school building bullying and, and family violence. The domestic violence that we hear about in, in straight communities exists just as much in, in rainbow communities. And then think about how your club can set a really meaningful public example. What language are you using? Is it inclusive? Do you, on your membership form, do you have options for male, female and, and other, which allows people to say if they use another um, another gender? Do you um, ask people their pronouns? Have you got the, the rainbow heart on your marketing materials? Um, and just generally not making assumptions about people's gender or, or sexuality. The number of times that, that I've been on the phone and have somebody say to me, and I, I'll mention my partner, and, and suddenly my, my partner becomes a wife in the answer that they ask always, always makes me laugh. And, and when I let them know that my partner's name is, is Lee, and it's a male name, they, they often go, oh, and realise what they've done. Um, support and promote the fellowship is really important as well. That's a key way of, of showing that, that you are inclusive. Um, hopefully, when you're inducting new members, you're letting them know about all the great fellowships and action groups that, that Rotary has, and, and in particular, pointing out the LGBT fellowship. It's the only fellowship at the moment that supports diversity and inclusion, but it is, it is really important. Um, 
we run events really regularly on, on key diversity days. So maybe think about replacing one of your club meetings with one of our events. Um, as I said, asking members to enjoy uh, to join and, and letting new members know about the fellowship. Um, and please reach out to me as well. Um, I'm here today to to answer the questions of the people that are that are here, but but more than welcome your your questions by email or, or any social media platform um, if you'd like as well. So to to me or the or the indeed the fellowship as well. Um, but that's all for me in my formal presentation, um, Kira, for, for tonight. I think you had some questions for me, though. <laughs> I do, I do, and I'm sure that our uh, our audience has some, and we will welcome those directly from the audience in a moment. Grant, a question I foreshadowed when we were chatting before we started. Why are you in Rotary? Um, long story. <laughs> um, my best mate's dad was a was a Rotarian. He's um he sadly passed away, but um he dragged me along to Rotary events when I was a kid. It was just a it was just a part of my life without me even realizing. I thought that um his name was also Grant. I thought Grant was going away just to get drunk on Thursday nights and come home, but he was actually doing some pretty awesome stuff out in the community and um he dragged me along to to the Rotary Youth Leadership Awards to Ryla. Um, when I was young and, and while I was at Ryla, I learned about um, the three circles of life. Um, we talked about our um, personal life, what we do with our friends and family, our performance life, what we do for work and our community life, um, what we do out there in the community. And I was fresh out at uni and realising that my community circle was was pretty empty and those three circles that cross over and intertwine weren't exactly even. So that was the thing that, that brought me back to Rotary, the the importance of community and connection with people that, that cared about similar stuff to me. That's what it's about for me. It's a bit selfish, but but um but it is it is why I'm here and it is why this organization means a lot to me. Fantastic. Thanks, Grant. I'm looking about the place. Uh, let me just have a little look and see whether see whether we're seeing any any indication of anyone wants to ask a question. And I'll, and I'll just say, in encouraging you all to ask questions, that no question is offensive. Um, this is a, a safe space for you to ask whatever you like. So I definitely won't think anything is offensive, no matter how you frame it. Um, so please feel free to ask whatever's on your mind. I have, I do have more if, if the audience doesn't. Yes, Anthony. I probably have more of a statement, and I'm doing it now because I'm going to have to run to a district meeting in a second that's overlapping. But um, so I want to say thank you, Grant. I actually am an out gay man in Rotary. I've been out. I've always been out. I've been in Rotary since 2002, and I giggled a bit when you assumed that we were all allies. And it just goes <laughs> to show that we should never assume. Absolutely. Um, I love your presentation. Uh, I was in the uh, fellowship, in a fellowship fireside uh, chat, I forgot what they call them, a couple of days ago, and, and this was highly recommended. And I would, uh, so I'm involved with District 9820's e-club. Can I get a quick ring around? Is everyone here from a metropolitan club, a, a suburban or um, city club? Where is everyone from? Some are from e-clubs. Which is which kind of makes them a bit global. Yeah, cool. 
So I'm from Gippsland E-Club and I would definitely love you. I, I run what's called an e-speaker series and we've got um, international speakers from, from Rotary because it's so easy to get someone, someone on. It's also obviously rather ecological. COVID has its plus side. You don't jump on a plane and waste all that fuel and hotel and you can just do it. So I would love you to speak at our club and I will contact you after this, but I think it's an excellent, so what, 2002, I think of coming up to 18 years in Rotary and this is the first public and the, the fellowship is the first public acknowledgement of the diversity of LGBTQI plus people. So I'm very happy to hear that. And I, I have to say that my club, the original club that I was in, which was Trelgan Central, I went to their meeting six times and I eventually went, you know, a lovely group of, and unfortunately, old men, very, there wasn't a woman in the club, Lovely group of old men, very supportive, and I eventually told the person who was inviting me, look, I have to tell you that I'm gay. I don't, they're lovely people. I can see there's, there's two church groups, predominantly Catholic and, and um, Church of England, very lovely people. He went away. I said, you, you've got to tell the board. He went away. He told the board. They went, yeah, fine. And I, I don't think in all the time I've been in Rotary, at least I've never felt from my club that there's been an issue. But there has also never been any diversity, active, positive. So what you're doing is very much needed because I really don't think Rotarians care. They just, I mean, some of them, it might go against their beliefs, but we're a non-denominational organisation. So I'll stop ranting. I've got to run. I thank you very much for what you're doing. And thank you for your words, Anthony. I, I'm, I'm, we're about to move to Morwell, so um, sounds like oh, you'll right. be someone I look up soon. <laughs> uh, E-Club, Latitude e -club. 38. <laughs> Great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for running this too. I think that's you, is it, Kero? Or Adrian? I'm not sure who's running this, but thank you for doing it. Thank you. Glad. Glad. I'm, I'm glad it's, it's, it is of use because I, I, I was... Uh, when I invited Grant tonight, I saw that this was something, this was a conversation that was more important than most and membership conversations in Rotary, good ones, uh, I, I just like gold. But I think our Rotary International Director-elect, Jesse mm. Harmon, uh, has a question, has a question there. Do you, Jesse? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. I mean, and, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm conscious that what I might do unconsciously is is problematic. I suppose, Grant, I, I have been trying to increase my understanding of, of diversity, equity and inclusion because the board, the RI board, has recently adopted a statement. Um, you know, and, and for a small window of time I have a bit of a platform, you know, and I can speak and things like that. If there were just two or three key things that I could do and I could contribute to make Rotary more inclusive um, for members of the rainbow community. What what would you recommend? That we um, start being an organisation that 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 is inclusive in what we say and do, because we're not quite there yet. Mm. We need to we need to be willing to call out the the bad behaviours, call out the the sergeant that says those um, sexist things during your your sergeant session. I love a good sergeant session, but God damn me, will I tell you off if I think you've been sexist or if I think you've called something gay that isn't gay or me. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and to start, even 
and calling out that bad behavior is yeah i think actually i think that's all that i really would love to see let let's start calling out the bad behavior let's stop being silent what we are what we are silent to we accept and and we need to change that as an organization so i think that's really important um actually no i have a second one for you and make a pub and make a a public statement using maybe even like an RI president's theme one year with with a rainbow logo and and even just something as simple as we welcome everyone could be absolutely amazing and important. Um, But yes, talk, spread the word, call out the bad behaviour. Thanks. If I may, Jesse, we support so many diverse groups. We've never supported anything that is LGBTQI. We support so many. So... Throwing one of them in the mix would be a very positive affirmation of our diversity. Yeah. yeah. And I think it can even be so, even pointing out an aspect of something we're already doing that supports the LGBT community. It could be that simple. Like I said before, there's clubs all around the world that support homelessness and mental health. Yeah. Those are two major issues for LGBT plus communities. So even if we just say, hey, and this bit of the mental health thing that we're doing also supports these people can even be something that small. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Thank you. I will try. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Jesse. Grant, I have another one for you, and it gets, but it's another thing that we were discussing earlier on. There are, and as the, conversa- as the conversation so far tonight has tended to uh, to confirm, there are a lot, in fact, I, I think the vast majority of Rotarians are uh, uh, people of goodwill um, who, are, who who are supportive or who would be supportive uh, if called on to, uh, you know, for their view, that, that, that it's essentially a lot just sort of take a neutral position. The fellowship is a wonderful vehicle, as you've already identified, for uh, for bringing about that more active sort of, um, sort of movement towards inclusion. Fellowships tend, like, and... Just got to be careful, really careful how I put this. Like fellowships tend to be for interest groups like cricketers, beer drinkers, sailors, travellers, and whatever. Gin lovers. Yeah, gin lovers. <laughs> and so it's it's generally something that people join if, for example, they play cricket or they drink gin or whatever. Your fellowship to me is a part is part fellowship, part action group. That it's really there in part to break down those those persistent barriers to inclusion, those things like the membership form we were discussing tonight that asks whether you're a male or a female and offers no other choices, which is obviously going to be confronting and embarrassing and excluding. Yeah. How do we, if that, if that, if that uh, point about the fellowship being a good vehicle is correct, how do we get people who don't identify as any of the LGBTQ groups to join, because I think there's a, a kind of a, and you're almost an implied barrier that you can say you're all welcome, but I think when people think about it, they sort of say, well, not, sure, not so sure. How do we break that down? Yeah, I, I want to address something else quickly first that you said. Um, we're not an action group, and it's really important that we make that distinction. And the reason that we're not an action group is because if we're because we would have to take action on on a layer, on a project, on a thing that supports the LGBT plus community. We'd have to say homelessness or LGBT homelessness or or LGBT um, uh, mental health. 
we can't say that we're an action group for LGBT inclusion because that implies political change. So we walk really carefully on a border here and have to be really careful about the way we do things. We are a different sort of action group, though. We want to take action within the Rotary community, within within our own membership, and that's where we're advocating for inclusion. And I think it's important to make that distinction. We don't go to Nigeria and say, we think that you should accept gay people. We can't do that as Rotarians. It it breaks down that fundamental need that we have as an organisation to be able to do good in those places. We don't get involved in the political. So it's it's an interesting distinction. And RNRI actually had to change the definition of fellowships to allow us to become a fellowship. And that was something really important and really big that that was that was awesome for us. Mm-hmm. They, because of what you were talking about there, because we didn't fit within the cricketers or the gin drinkers or the beer drinkers or the yeah. the the sailors, we couldn't charter as a fellowship because we actually were proposing a fellowship that anybody could join. Mm-hmm. We we you can join if you are a member of the rainbow community. You can join if you are an ally of the rainbow communities, be that um, us in the meeting today, be that someone that is, um, be that someone that just wants to be a supporter and wants to say that I, I stand for inclusion. We are probably the only fellowship that is is truly open to anybody that is accepting of inclusion. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I, and I appreciate I appreciate your your pointing out that my uh, my argument sort of uh, was probably pretty pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, I'm just just looking here um, a little earlier on. I think that Nathan was going to say something, and he stopped. And I'm just wondering, Nathan, whether whether there was something that uh, you wanted to say that you'd like to say. Oh, it wasn't anything constructive. I was. Um, when, it, when we were talking about uh, what our group was doing, I was going to point out one of the members of our group was running a uh, awareness program about LBGT, um, that being Grant here tonight. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, nothing incredibly constructive to say. Sorry, Caro. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that, uh, that, that, uh, that we hadn't missed a good question. Very kind. No, I don't have any of those, unfortunately. <laughs> what I am going to do now is ask... One of one of the a, a person who I've not known for long, uh, who has built a very very successful Rotary Club and is doing a great job coordinating uh, membership development. Believe it or not, coordinating membership development in in uh, in Zone Eight at the moment is a uh, is a challenging job, and that's Adrian Roach. Adrian, is there anything that that you would like to say at this stage? Yes. Um, thank you for the opportunity, Carol. Now, I think we've I, I think we've got to get out there and talk about it, and we've got to make sure we're actually taking some action and making sure we are um, inclusive, not only with the LGBTQT community, but also with um, other ethnic groups, and and uh, you know, bring the walls down and um, and, and find people who are who are suitable for our Rotary Clubs. Be less um, judgmental about people who may not have the same, 100% the same ideas and views of you um, in whatever. So um, 
yeah, I think uh, I think this is a good thing. I think we need to do more of it. Fantastic. Show show people that you're inclusive, and 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 they will come. Mm. Another question from me then, uh, Grant. We've talked about the qualification for membership of the fellowship, and it's open to everyone. And I get that people who want to be active allies will, will see will see the light and join in. But I'll just sort of follow on to that previous question. I'm seeing that there's a, would be great to get what I call passive supporters. And you talked about folk who uh, you know, might want to share the logo and whatever. How do you get those people involved? How do you get those Rotarians involved? Because typically, typically they're a bit older, perhaps good, plenty of goodwill there. But get but nudging them to uh, to get involved to uh, to sort of declare themselves. If you can do that, then I, th I think that would be a huge step forward. Yeah, and it and it and it's us doing things. I think it's the fellowship doing things that is that is going to be really important. There, um, we're gonna we're gonna start charging a small membership fee soon, and and be a member, and you'll get a badge. And and using a a badge with a rainbow heart on it is going to be um an important statement for people to to walk around and say, hey, I'm wearing this thing. I I am an ally. I, I'm gonna walk around and and do the things that I need to be to be an ally. Um. So there's going to be little um, sort of tasters and and and, in, and incentives in 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 membership in in the future. Um, we're still a new and, and evolving fellowship, so so there's definitely that. But but I think one of the most important thing is is again I keep talking about talking, but it is really important. I think you will find that um, probably 60 70 percent of Rotarians don't even know what fellowships are or that they exist. So. Um, be educated, learn about our organisation um, and, and be willing to put your hand up to join some of these, these really good groups. Ours is a different group. Um, ours, ours is calling for that, that change, that internal change for our organisation and, and, and being a piece for, for education. Um, so um, we're a bit different in the terms of all the other fellowships that are there, but, um, but yeah, learning and, and, and being willing to put your hand up and, and do something outside of your, your local club and your local community. Okay. Looking at that from a different angle, one of the interesting challenges with membership in, in Rotary is that Rotary tends to be a hierarchical organisation. It's organised in districts so that clubs uh, clubs are clustered around a, a support centre and as a general rule, that's, that's, that's a pretty good thing. But it also can mean that getting information or things like uh, information about the fellowship, invitations to the fellowship, can be can sort of run into uh, sort of not 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 local, not invented here sort of sort of barriers uh, from going from from one. Have you have you strategies for dealing with that? Yeah, we have some really great engagement from RI. We, um, social media is is a key platform for that. Um, we know that that RI is already starting to share content that the fellowship is developing for for major diversity days. We've got um, we had a great. Um, a great um, thing on RI's Facebook and Instagram page on on We're at Purple Day, which is a, a key day celebrating LGBT youth. Um, we know that that Transgender Awareness Week is is coming up in in the middle of November. So we will call out to RI again and say, Hey, can you can you share this message from the fellowship to say that that transgender people are welcome in Rotary? So. Um, it's it's going to be stuff like that. The power of social media and and our members um, truly engaging in a in a new and um, 
important um, important way across districts through that platform through those platforms. Certainly, that that was a wonderful article, Mike, that, that you wrote. By the way, I thought, I thought oh, thank you. you. You nailed it on just so many levels. You're a very good communicator. <laughs> I think that my old um, manager that at work that that bullied um, good communication skills into me would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Bullying for good? Oh no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> um, at this stage, I will make a. Uh, a call for any questions and if oh yes emma um just i guess this is something for jesse and i only just thought about it then in that this is something that you could help out with as well in that in filling the gaps between ri and this level we've got some really good on the ground connection we've got members wanting to do the right thing we've got some good engagement with ri now we're missing the middle steps we're missing the district governors we're missing the zone reps that are filling in the gaps and making sure that this message is being communicated in the right light. Um, I can happily say that as an assistant governor, that I'm one of few that will uh, particularly share this message and this campaign because I'm so passionate about it. But there are a lot of assistant governors and a lot of district governors that just turn their back and say it's not important. And, and from zone, I think that's something that you can help out with in making sure that this RI message is coming top down yep. as well as from bottom up because yep. if we feel that in and um, and more openly share this communication, we're going to have a far bigger impact than Grant going and doing 100 amazing presentations. Um, I've heard this presentation many times and I love it every time. Grant's a very good friend of mine. Um and I wish we could share it at every single club and every single Rotarian. But unless we f go both ways, um, we're not going to get the outcomes we need. Emma, may I respond, Caro? <laughs> um, I have heard certainly RI, um, the learning and development team, talking about developing um, diversity-related modules for pets training, for instance, um, and gets training. And I think that that may go some way to to um, helping that. Mm. Um, but the, the only, it's a very good point. Mm. And the only reason I say this now is that, you know, and Grant and I have this conversation all the time. We've known each other for years. We still, I still have conversations with clubs about women and young people in leadership positions. And that's, for me, that's a 15-year-ago conversation, mm. women in mm. Rotary. Mm. Um, the conversation we're having tonight is far more important and yet there's so many clubs that won't be open to have the conversation. So thank you for doing what you can and mm. anything is amazing. I, I know our district governor nominee was on the line for 30 minutes earlier, so I'll be sending him a thank you for <laughs> attending and hopefully sharing the message a little bit more widely. Can I just jump on that? For someone who's new to Rotary, is RI Rotary International and what's pets and gets? Yes, I'm sorry. sorry. We're talking acronyms. <laughs> my apologies. Yes. And, this is, and this is indicative, isn't it? It's this, you know, we just, some stuff we just completely take for granted. So gets, it's awful. It's governor-elect training. So all governors do training and there's not enough that is generally around, you know, leadership and diversity and inclusion. I think because diversity and inclusion and equity have become so important, 
it, it will be there. PETS is president-elect yeah. training and Rotary International, RI is Rotary International. Perfect. And RI has a staff of 700 that support all the clubs and that staff by and large is young, incredibly diverse, very professional and very uh, very dedicated to to making Rotary more inclusive. You know, and it, it's probably the most impressive part of it is. Um, this discussion. They've got their own staff pride network as well that I'm always very excited to hear about. And um, and and every now and then I see pronouns creeping into people's yes. email signatures at RI, which makes me really happy to see as well. <laughs> yes, they do it much more easily than I think many of the members, including Andrew and me. So we're, we're, we're here together in different rooms in Ballarat. And thank you for joining tonight, Jessie, by the way. That's great. Well, you know, it's, it's important. Mm. Yeah, this one. I see this one as probably, as, as probably being the most important uh, webinar that we've held this year, and that's, that, that's in the midst of a lot of other important topics. But, yeah. Um, at this stage, I will make a final call for questions because we usually usually like to go for about an hour and I, and I would like to give Grant a, a final opportunity to sum up and, or, or to make any last points. So any last-minute questions from anyone? No? Okay. Grant, over to you, mate, to uh, summarise, bring up a fresh idea, whatever. Uh, your thoughts. Just, just to thank everybody for for listening today. That's you've you've already made the first step in in starting to have the conversation and and to learn. Um, as 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 I was saying, Jesse, before keep keep um calling out those negative behaviours. Keep making that that public image about inclusion. And and as I said, they will come. And um and please reach out to either me or the or the fellowship if you want um any um member based support. Um, to, to try and make your club more inclusive. Fantastic. Now, at this stage, I would invite everyone to unmute because we have a, we, we, I think we, we need to express our appreciation for, uh, uh, for what I think has been a brilliant presentation and a, and a wonderful conversation. So thank you, Grant. Great, mate. Yes. But on that note, thank you, everyone, for being with us. And I hope to see you again on, on a membership voice webinar. Thank you for being here. And the big, big thank you again, Grant. Good night, everyone. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Kiro. Thanks, Kiro. Thanks, Kiro.